The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey. And this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Solitude. It's an interesting word. Solitude. Silence. John Paul II, Saint Pope John Paul II, uh, describes in his Theology of the Body not just uh, the creation of original man, but how Man is created in an original solitude. Think about the very beginning of Genesis when God creates it's just Adam. There's this original solitude that belongs to man, to humanity. And so we're created in this. And in this creation, there's a longing embedded into us for union, to be in union, to have even communion, then, with another. This past Tuesday, the priest of our diocese gathered for our Advent Day of Recollection. This is a great joy, so just as everyone in every parish is preparing for the birth of Christ at Christmas and we move through the Advent season, the priests take time to step away and be prepared themselves. And our our speaker, Father Tad, He spoke on this concept of solitude. As all people, we are striving to live in communion. And as priests, we are men of communion. We we literally are ontologically ordered to be in the person of Christ in the celebration of sacraments and configure our lives to be like that of Christ, so that when we have this communion with the Lord, we give that communion to others, we share in communion together. Part of this being created in original solitude and longing for union means that there are some things that we have to combat against. The idea of loneliness, isolation, See, there's a difference about 
loneliness and being lonely and then being alone. And for, for years, I would tell people that, well, no, I'm, I'm not lonely. I, I'm around tons of people. I actually like being alone. But to be truly honest with you, I am lonely. And I experience loneliness because I'm a human who's not just configured to Christ, but was born to a father and a mother. And so I get lonely. And yet, as a priest, I'm called to have a first union with God. And so it's important that all of us, in this acknowledgement of loneliness and being alone, uh, actually admit that we want to be known. It's good to say, I want to be known. It's good to say, I want to be known by another. And hopefully that, that first one is always going to be God. Sometimes uh, it may not be. See, part of solitude and being alone means fighting against this idea of loneliness because loneliness is actually an anti-human thing. So many in the modern era you know, seek to find communion in virtual ways. I would argue that that's, that's anti-human. And so this, this longing to be together, to be in the presence of another, is good. And to be known is good. And to be known by another is good. And so in my own experience, where do I see solitude? Where do I experience that? I experience that when I sit in the confessional on Mondays and no one comes. And on Wednesdays when no one comes. And on Fridays when no one comes. And on Saturdays just before Mass when they decide to come five minutes before I have to get ready. But it's okay. I experience solitude in the darkness of the church. It's, there's a benefit of having keys to the church. I can come in here whenever I want to. And I like coming in here late at night when it's very dark and being in solitude with him. I experience solitude in an empty house. And these are not bad things. Let's just cut that off real fast. These are not bad things. Because in solitude, what we are discovering, and I pray we all have the opportunity to discover, is silence. Silence is a very sought-after commodity. In our modern world, it's nearly impossible to have true silence anymore. The world really detests silence, if you think about it. Always being on our phones, always trying to be consumed by media, always trying to interact because we're afraid of being alone. And so there's two types of silence, actually. There's an exterior silence and there's an interior silence. The exterior is meant to promote the interior. The exterior actually serves the interior. And so, yeah, when I seek to remove media from my life when I seek to not have the phone constantly around me and the blue light constantly in my face when I seek to 
remove myself from environments with large groups of people or even activities. Because the other thing we all probably experience to various degrees is FOMO, the fear of missing out. And so we just do things, even though we maybe crave some silence. So that's the exterior, right? Now the interior silence is the silence of the heart. I don't really fully understand it myself. It's something I want. It's something I intellectually can comprehend, but have I tangibly experienced it? Maybe a handful of times. And so if we're seeking to at least have the exterior silences, which promote the interior, the likelihood is we will have an opportunity to experience the interior. But it's hard. It's challenging. It's difficult. And it goes back to this idea that we have to admit that we want to be known, that we want to be seen, we want to be heard. And so we do that with, with people. But the one who knows us the best, who who sees us completely, who listens to everything, that's God. And we were only going to find him in solitude. So, if silence is nearly impossible, but I'm called to find solitude, and I, I don't really want to be alone, but loneliness is a human evil, then <laughs> what do I do? Well, we have to choose vulnerability. This idea that to be vulnerable before the divine. To be able to go to him and say, Lord, I'm sad. I'm lonely. I'm weak. I'm in need. And it's to reject, then, the artificial. All the likes, all of the followers, all of the, the virtual things, all of the idols that we make. I actually have to accept a sense of vulnerability that I may not be given an immediate affirmation. And in that, in that talk, Father Tad, he, he said this, and he said it specifically to clergy, but I, I really think it applies to all people because I'm a person too. But he said experience of prayer, one's experience of prayer where there is emptiness is the common reason that clergy stop praying. So when priests go to prayer and they experience emptiness, they just choose to stop. They say there's nothing that fills them. There's no satisfaction. There's no completeness. And so they just stop. And I would probably venture to say that Maybe you've had a similar experience, that when we go to prayer and nothing happens, I don't hear his voice, we just think, why bother? And so we stop. But what we have to do is, again, in that vulnerability, seeking of solitude, rejecting loneliness, is we have to act against that temptation. We have to fight desolation. We have to fight against this leaning towards the virtual to be immediately satisfied. Because much of prayer is enduring a predictable silence. So, when I sit in that confessional, I know there's going to be silence. 
And that's the place I have an opportunity to encounter God in solitude. When I come into the dark church, I know there will be silence. It's predictable. There's no one else in here. The doors are locked. And I can discover a deeper intimacy with the Lord. Even in the, in the empty house, I can discover this connection with him. So much of our prayer is enduring a predictable silence that we go to places like the church. We fight against the temptations and the, the desolations. We acknowledge in our own vulnerableness that we want to be known and seen and loved. Deacon Keating, he's a, he's a really awesome deacon associated with a, a program called the Institute of Priestly Formation. He's written many books, and one book in particular uh, is a book called Remain in Me. So I highly suggest that. But, but he says, he writes, I'm not sure it's this book or another one. I'm getting this from Father Tad. So I'm quoting a quoter, okay? That's how all homilies are formed, right? You steal everything and then just give it away. So Deacon Keating says, Sitting in the darkness of silence, we choose to sit in that pain. And it's in that darkness of the silence, that pain that maybe we could experience, that we embrace the cross. And as a priest, then, I host the needs of others. I present those. So, yeah, I'm always wanting more people to go to confession. I'm never going to not want that. I'm never going to not preach about that. So you should all go to confession. It's Advent. It's good for your soul. There you go. But if, it's, if there's no one there, don't feel sorry for me. Don't think, oh, he's lonely. No, I'm alone, but I have to fight against the natural silence, and I have an opportunity to sit with the Lord in a very vulnerable way and to then host to him your needs. It's, it's really a great gift. In the bulletin this week, there's a really long-looking letter. I'd never heard of this letter. It's a letter that Mother Teresa wrote to her sisters and brothers and missionaries of charity. It's, it's titled just excerpts from the Varanasi letter. Varanasi is just the location she wrote it. She wrote this in 1993. I want you to make sure you all get the chance to get a bulletin this weekend and to find time in the church to specifically read this. And in that silence, in that solitude, to really ponder some of the things she says in here. One kind of element is this concept that God thirsts, one of the last things he says on the cross. And she alludes to this idea that when Jesus says, I thirst, he's saying, I thirst for Jay. I thirst for, insert your name. And so this is a really great gift for part of our Advent journey to pray with Mother Teresa's words to her brothers and sisters, uh, to go deeper into this idea of the solitude and the silence that is good for us, though it can be really daunting and challenging and difficult, and that it's okay to admit vulnerability 
particularly to God. Like, who else should we give our whole hearts to but him? 